Somebody sent me the following, uh, asked me the following question. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but I'll share with you the background to the question. <clears throat> if you're in Amex, he uh, sent me the following. He's uh, one of these you know, certain uh, people. They, uh, either their entertainment or their living is uh, in uh, playing credit cards. Right, but you play with credit cards. You uh, get points, and you have different things. It's a, a favorite pastime of this person, and uh, he has an American Express Platinum. So he calls me up and he tells me, you know, American Express Platinum, the personal card. They're very desperate for business, so they're giving out tremendous benefits to hold their card. They want people to retain their card. So one of the benefits that they're giving is. Uh, they're giving $30 or $60, I don't remember what he told me now, of free wine from wine doc, from one of these wine places. So he asks me, can he order a bottle of non-kosher wine and send it to a non-Jew? That's what he asks me. So... The question is, uh, is there something wrong with owning non-kosher wine? So we know that non-kosher food, right, non-kosher food, let's say I have non-kosher food. Every time you go on the airline, every time I go on the airline, so, okay, you don't go on the airline so much, but when we used to go on the airline a lot, Right, so you get uh, food. You, you get uh, they give out cookies and crackers and different things. So, they uh, in the package that I got, they give you uh, some of it is not kosher. So I brought it home. So what did I do with it? I gave it to the person who helps us, right? The non-Jew that helps us. That's what you should do. It's nothing wrong. Right, uh, there's nothing wrong. You give, they, they, they always help you. You help them back. Fine. So that would be with something not kosher. So what's wine? Wine is, uh, what, what is wrong? What's wrong with wine bichlal? The whole problem, right? If uh, I tell you a true story, it happened not so far from here. They asked me to speak at one of the temples in the area. Right, uh, pre you know, BC, before COVID. So I gave a, a talk over there uh, about, uh, about uh, they wanted me to talk on orthodoxy. So I spoke on some topic and uh, so they tell me, Rabbi, you can eat. They were having men's night. You can eat everything. It's all kosher. Right? And don't worry, the wine kosher. So I, I wasn't complaining on eating anyway, but so, uh, of course, the bottle is sitting right in front of me. The bottle is sitting right in front of me. So I look at the bottle. I didn't pick it up, but I looked at the bottle, right? And uh, it didn't look like any kosher bottle of wine I ever saw. 
So the uh, person that tells me, Rabbi, there's nothing in there but grapes. I guess he saw that I wasn't drinking. Now, he doesn't know me well enough. He would know me well enough. I don't drink it. I don't drink wine. I don't drink anything. <laughs> I don't drink any alcohol. But uh, he doesn't know me well enough, so he was he, he uh, jumped to assume that I wasn't drinking because of kosher, which is also true. But not a kiddush either. No kiddush of wine. I don't. I don't. It's one of my sins. The only time <coughs> I drink wine is six, three nights a year. Three nights a year, I drink wine. Passover, the two nights, I, I'm strict to drink wine with Moshe Feinstein held. For my family, no, but for myself. With Moshe Zatzal held that you should drink wine at the, at the Passover Seder, so I drink wine. Uh, now it's not so hard. When I was younger, they didn't invent these low-alcohol wines. You had to die. I, I hated it. But I, I <laughs> now I drink this wine, 3.5% uh, alcohol wine. Does it doesn't do nothing. <laughs> even even I could drink it. I think it's great for- yeah, you mix it right, right, right. So you definitely could drink grape juice. So that, that's, so that's, and then the second is Purim. It's very hard to get high on grape juice. It's very, very hard. No, first night of Passover, second night of Passover, oh, and Purim. Purim. Uh, the only difference is my Purim consumption is going down. It's going down. I can't, I can't drink more than a half a glass. It doesn't, my stomach doesn't hold it. But, but, uh, so, there's not, what, what's wrong with wine? It's just grapes. Right? There's nothing in there. And you know what? <laughs> you're right. It's just grapes. There's nothing in the wine. Right? You're not giving it kashrut because maybe they put in lard or camel's milk in the wine. There's nothing in the wine. There ain't nothing in there but grapes. The answer is because of idolatry. Because of idolatry. There are two reasons brought down. One is because of idolatry. We have to be choshesh. We have to suspect that maybe the wine had intent that it was intended for or was poured before a uh, idol. That's one of the reasons. There's a separate prohibition, a second prohibition, which is drinking wine with non-Jews. That's a prohibition of intermarriage. Now, most people conflate the two, right? But there is a problem. Even if you're drinking kosher wine with a non-Jew, it's also a problem. I, I don't know why most people are not uh, aware of this problem. You know, I'm not saying you have to advertise it to everybody if they're not going to live by it, but uh, it is a problem. It is a problem in general in drinking with uh, non-Jews. But uh, so the, the, the Chazal, the rabbi, set down that there is a prohibition of, wine, of all grape product that is manufactured by non-Jews. So it's not only wine. It goes from the time that the grape is pressed. So it happens to have been last week, I was on a conference, uh, a Zoom conference, with, uh, it was fascinating. It was on the making of kosher grape products, right? How do they make kosher grape products, right? Uh, how do they handle it in these great companies, right? How is it made kosher? It's a fascinating, fascinating uh, thing. How do you have grape jelly? You can't have Jews doing everything because, you know, it just doesn't work, right? It's not enough uh, too cost prohibitive. So it's quite fascinating how they handle it, right? That basically, the, just to give you a nutshell, what happens is that all of the grapes are cooked immediately as they come into the factory. So a Jew handles the very first action, right? But after that, once the product is cooked, whatever the reason is, the Allah is it's permitted, a guy can handle it. And that's how they do it. They all get cooked immediately. Very fascinating how they do it and how they monitor it, but uh, that, that's what's done. 
So there is a prohibition. The prohibition is that... What, now, this prohibition is stricter than other prohibitions of not eating. Most prohibitions, if you can't eat it, but you could have pleasure from it. So I can't eat the cookie that's not kosher, even if it had lard in it. It doesn't matter. Let's say it had lard. The cookie has lard in it. I can't eat it, but I can give it to a non-Jew to eat. And that's fine. There are two areas that you cannot have benefit from it. One of the two areas, one is meat and milk. Biblically, it's prohibited. And the second is wine. That's, now, if the wine was poured before an idol, or it can be assumed it was poured before an idol, it's biblically prohibited from having benefit from it. If, if it's what's called, we don't know, or in an era where most of the non-Jews are not necessarily idolatrous directly, or pouring wine before idols, so then you can, then, um, then it's rabbinically prohibited from having benefits. So either way, you can't benefit from the wine. So there is a machloket between the Svardim and the Ashkenazim, between the Machaber and the Ramah, between the author of the Shulchan Aruch and the, and the Ramah, Ramah Isolis uh, for the Ashkenazim. And that is, the, the Svardim are very strict on this, even de facto, if you have a bottle of non-kosher wine, they would hold it's forbidden in, totally. Um, in the Ashkenazic, um, there's room de facto where you already have the bottle. You're holding the bottle. You're given the bottle. So you don't necessarily have to lose the money. Ashkenazim are makel um, de facto. So uh, what, the best way to handle it, the way that I handle it is uh, my next door neighbor came over and wanted to say thank you to me for doing them a favor. So they brought me a non-kosher bottle of wine. So I have it said been I answered the door. I don't know if I wouldn't have answered the door. I'm not sure this trick would have worked. Yeah, right. No, I have it said been so I answered the door. So I uh, said thank you. But what I did was I had, I had no intention of acquiring the bottle. In order to own something, you have to acquire it. Somebody could give you something, that doesn't mean you own it, right? Right? That doesn't mean you own it. That just means that he relinquished ownership. But you have to take ownership in Jewish law. There has to be some means of you acquiring. You have to accept it. If I don't accept it, it's not mine, right? There are many examples of this, but it's obvious, right? So therefore, is it... So it doesn't matter that it's in your hand. But it doesn't matter. Habits have been, habits have been in my particular case. I saw the ball. I, I saw, I, I, even if it took it in your hand, I don't, I'm not sure you, acquire, I'm pretty sure you don't acquire it where you have in mind not to acquire it. But habits have been, I, I saw him holding the wine. And what I did is I told him, oh, place it over here. I actually did take it, but that's not my main reason. Mentally accepting it. Mentally accepting it. No, I wasn't. I said I'm not no, I'm accepting. You didn't mean. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 Correct! Correct! The hand is alone is not enough. I, yeah! Correct. Uh, so I I uh, put, had him put it down. I had learned this halachas recently before, uh, right before it had happened. Over is is that then it doesn't belong to you and it doesn't belong to him. Now I I, I didn't want to offend the fellow and, and give it back. I, I didn't want to make a big deal about it. He had no clue. He had no idea at all. Right. So I didn't want to make a big deal about it. So I didn't accept it. Right, and then what I did was, but I can't benefit from the wine. Uh, I'm sorry, the remor. According to the remor, maybe I could be more lenient, but I didn't want to be lenient. I didn't want to accept to be lenient because uh, it's a machloket. I didn't want to be lenient, so I told the non-Jew uh, that helps me in the house. I told her, 
when you're leaving, somebody left a bottle. I am not touching the bottle. She, she's, she's been with me long enough. She knows, she knows we're all crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. These people are nuts. At the beginning, she knows we're crazy. I sold her the bottle I'm not taking. You could throw it away. You could trash it. You could crack it. I don't care. When you clean up, you have to clean it out. Because I didn't want that she should feel a debt of gratitude to me. I don't want the bottle at all. If you want to take it, so you can take it out. You take it wherever you want to go. Throw it away. Uh, so, of course, she's learned we're crazy enough. So, she learned over the years. That means she can have it. Right? But that, that's in order. So, you're avoiding all of the benefit from the, from the wine. But it could be like the remor. There is room to be lenient for an Ashkenazi uh, to be lenient. So, so, this was a way out of the problem. Uh, so, now, over here, I have a question. I don't know the answer. By the, by, uh, well, the Amex, the $30, what exactly is the state of the $30? Right? What is the state of the thirty dollars? I don't know. I, I I don't think here the wine was before me. I didn't uh, here and here you're going actively to do something. You're not losing the rem- the, the remus case is really where you own it already, and the, or the guy touched your own wine and now you're gonna have a loss. So you could get you could sell it or you could you could get right over here. You didn't gain anything. You didn't buy it. So you're really buying the wine. So there, I don't think that there's room to be lenient. So I told him. I told him, the kosher wine, he tells me, he Googles me back, they don't sell any kosher wine. So I told him, buy a corkscrew. <laughs> so he sends me back. He says, I thought of that already. They don't sell any corkscrews. So I told him, I don't know yet. I, I told him, I have to look into the topic. I don't have a solution to the problem exactly because I don't think that to go actively and buy it is not a loss. Meaning, you're not losing the $30. You don't have the $30 yet. You don't have it. So I don't think, I said, I don't think yet that you could be lenient uh, to thing and to give somebody, so we can leave off with this question. What, about, what if he did like this? He gave the credit card to somebody and he told him, you buy the wine on the credit card. Is that good? No, guy, you're guy. That's his own, but it's his own. Well, yeah, I, I think so that would be okay. He bought it with his own money. So, no, but the problem is like this. I don't think it works. Because legally, right, right, when you buy something on a credit card, the person, you're buying it, okay? Yeah. They don't care that you made a deal with somebody. In law, whoever's, whoever's name's on the card, they're the one that, that, that's responsible. He's paying for it at the end of the month. He's paying for it at the end of the month. So he has, at some point, is the, is the middleman, is the broker. So I don't think that that's permitted either. I don't know. I'm not answering. I, I have to review it more. It. No, it's Trey Fine. No, it's Trey Fine. So how is it that you're, that you're going to wind up with it for, for his benefit or yours? Oh, but it's your benefit. If you're sending it to him, you're benefiting. So you're benefiting from non-kosher wine. If it was the Giving a gift is If a guy gives you a bottle of a kosher wine, can you take it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If the bottle is closed. If the bottle is sealed, even if it's a non-mavushal wine, our tradition... Is that as long as the bottle has the original seal, even if it's not Levushal, right. but because it was sealed in the factory by Jews, right. they're just the middle broker, you're allowed to use that one. Yeah, that, that's the accepted tradition. Okay. Okay.